Welcome to the Apologia Podcast, the audio-only archive of the Apologia YouTube channel. Note that some content was designed to go with visuals, but the imagination can be a powerful thing. If you enjoy the podcast, please consider giving it a 5-star rating on the podcast app you're using now to help us reach more people. Or, since this endeavor is ad-free, consider going a step further and supporting us for as little as a dollar a month at patreon.com slash apologia. But for now, let's get to the episode, part of the Creation Today Theology series, posted February 27, 2019, titled Truth Without God. For years, then, we haven't even copyrighted our material. We allow people to copy it, to give it away. That's what we want. Somebody says, I don't even believe the Bible. Right. How do you respond? I say, oh, you don't believe it's true. No, I don't believe it's true. I say, but you do believe it's true. Because when you say my Bible is not true, you're appealing to a standard. I say, fine. Where do you get truth without God? Without God, nothing can be true? I don't get it. Now I'm going to ask you to put your thinking caps on for a minute here. Sounds deep. Good luck. Here we go. Welcome to Apologia, where a former Christian takes a look at the claims of Christians. Here's the question. What is necessary for truth to exist? It seems to me that all that needs to happen for truth to exist is for anything at all to exist in any form, right? It would then become true that the thing exists and that it has the properties that it has. No? Is that too easy? Did I miss something? If you don't start with the God of the Bible, evidence doesn't make sense because evidence assumes truth and truth presupposes or assumes God. So you can't get anywhere if you don't start with God. I don't see how that follows. If you don't want this to be the foundation, then what would you purport to be the foundation? Excellent question. Reality. Here's a pretty good working definition for truth that is useful for conversations of this nature. Truth is the extent to which a proposition conforms to reality as adjudicated by predictive power. And he said truth is that which conforms to objective reality. Wow, rewind, play again. (laughs) Truth is the extent to which a proposition conforms to reality as adjudicated by predictive power. So let's break that down. Truth is the extent. By extent, we mean that the truth value of a proposition is not merely a binary black and white true or false, but is rather on a spectrum. Some ideas conform to reality better than others, but since they are on a spectrum, might still fall in a range that most consider to be in the part of the spectrum we can label true. For example, I went out yesterday is true, but so is I went to a bar with my friends last night, and so is I went to Kingshead with Shannon and Myron and Trevor. Each would be considered to be more true than the previous, but we'll get to that in a bit. At the same time, I flew to the moon last night doesn't conform to reality well, so it's on the opposite end of the spectrum. Our worldview, our presupposition, allows for absolute truth. Absolutely. The atheist <laughs> or evolutionary worldview cannot account for an absolute truth. Since truth is a spectrum, this idea of absolute truth or objective truth would merely be the end point on said spectrum, the point at which a proposition conforms to reality as maximally as possible. Mathematical propositions like 2 plus 2 equals 4 come to mind, and are easily accounted for as such a point on the spectrum certainly exists. However, reasonable people hesitate to presume that we ever have enough information on non-mathematical ideas to have adequate confidence to declare something absolutely true, even when it might actually be. But that's an issue of knowledge, and a subject for a future video. Back to the definition. Truth is the extent that a proposition. It's important to remember that what is being evaluated is a proposition. Not in the sense of a business deal or plan of action or marriage invitation, but specifically a statement or assertion that expresses an idea. 
It is this proposition or idea that falls on the spectrum of truth. The proposition is the truth-bearer, in contrast and relationship to the truth-maker. And what is this truth-maker? Well, in our definition, truth is the extent to which a proposition conforms to reality. Because truth is subjective. Yes. I believe this. I believe this. I believe this. We don't have an objective standard. But we do have an objective standard. Reality. That which we collectively experience. And we act this way intuitively. If our phone says it's sunny outside, but we are outside getting wet from rain, the reality of the rain wins the contest of truth. Notice that this definition doesn't know or care if we are brains in a vat, part of a computer simulation, figments of someone else's imagination, or any other scenario. It doesn't specify or care if the supernatural exists. Reality is what is, and all of these propositions will ultimately be judged against what is, even if we currently have insufficient information to determine it. You know, what you believe truth was, truth is that which corresponds to reality. And I asked him, well, how does he know what's real in his world? How do you judge what's reality and what is not? Your first instinct might be to think of your five senses, what you can see, feel, hear, taste, and touch. However, we know that our human sensory inputs are imperfect. We might need reading glasses, hearing aids, or have a stuffed up nose. I mean, we know that that isn't true. We know that you cannot rely on what you perceive to be truth. Correct. Our processing of those inputs might be off. We could be tired, sick, under chemical influence, or a mental illness of some kind. No, how we actually determine reality is not senses, but rather through predictive power. If we are in a room and see what appears to be a door, we would predict that we could use the door to leave the room. But if, when we try to use the door to leave, our face instead smashes into a hard wall, then our prediction has failed, and reality is telling us that there isn't really a door where we see one. If, on the other hand, we can leave the room through the door we perceived, the proposition of the door will conform enough to reality that we can treat it as true. The philosophical part of us might still reserve some doubt for a scenario of hallucination or holodeck simulation, but for our day-to-day room-leaving needs, this door is good enough. The same applies for logic, reasoning, intuition, emotion, or any other method by which one might attempt to determine truth. Without that, you really have your own reasoning, and that's it. And that can be flawed. That's that can, right. You don't know that that's valid at all. Predictive power is the ultimate scorecard. We trust our reasoning to the extent that it makes accurate predictions and no further. Now, Eric and his colleagues consider predictive power to be an unfounded appeal to uniformitarianism. The fundamental assumption of science is what is known as the uniformity of nature. And very basically, it's that the future will be like the past. We could not do any scientific experiment. It would be useless if you did not expect tomorrow to be like today. When we boil water at a certain temperature and pressure, we expect it to boil at the same temperature and pressure tomorrow. However, without a controlling influence, we have zero basis for expecting tomorrow to be like today. Zero. And that also takes away the foundation for science. So when the unbeliever says, well, of course tomorrow is going to be like today because it's always been like that in the past. Setting aside for now, the bold assertion that the uniformity we do see in reality is somehow due to a controlling influence rather than merely being a property of reality. Some level of uniformity is indeed an assumption or presupposition that cannot be independently validated and yet everyone holds because it allows us to operate. Eric and Sai assert that a God-based worldview is required for such an assumption to hold, but ironically, it is their worldview that uniformity of nature has been and can be suspended on a whim by an all-powerful deity. In a God-free worldview, one operates as though uniformitarianism will always hold, but with God, one must expect violation of uniformitarianism at any moment. Both worldviews have assumptions about reality, but it is the God-free worldview that has the fewest assumptions and is most consistent. But appeal to uniformity does not mean that we are blindly backward-looking, as suggested. Sai often uses this example. If I, if I drive past a thousand red houses, okay. and somebody asks me, what color is the next house going to be? 
Okay. How can you answer that question? If for some reason the driver were living his life according to some kind of all houses are red axiom, a red house on the horizon would justifiably serve to increase his confidence in this view, while a blue house would immediately invalidate his notion correctly and definitively demonstrating that it was false. Either way, it was reality via predictive power that was the ultimate judge of the truth value of his proposition. Appropriately, any new information is capable of revealing to us where on the truth scale a proposition lies. Well, when you think about it, truth does not change. So the fact that they keep changing their theory means that they haven't had truth. Eric is correct. New information doesn't affect the actual truth value of the proposition. It just increases our ability to accurately assess what the truth value was all along. But relying on predictive power is exactly the opposite of relying on past observations. It anticipates future data. It looks forward, not backward. We spoke of the relationship between a proposition, the truth bearer, the idea we are evaluating, and the truth maker, the thing that we compare against. I have put forth that reality is our truth maker, but Eric wants to put God in the role of truth maker. The reason why we understand the world through truth claims is because there is a God who is truth, and knows all of truth. And he has revealed truth to us. So the proof of God is that without God, we can't know anything. And what was the evidence for that again? Before I even look at this, what do I already believe before I see the evidence? So presupposition really has to do with what you're assuming is already true. Right, okay, no evidence. Well, let's think this through. Truth is that which corresponds to reality. You know what? I don't have any problem with that definition. Great. Now there are two possibilities. Either God exists, or God does not exist. If God exists, then God is real, and therefore God is among the set of things that are part of reality. When the standard against which we measure the truth value of a proposition is reality, then God is rightfully already fully accounted for in these measurements as part of reality. I could love God, hate God, believe in God, lack a belief in God, or even be suppressing a knowledge of God, but as long as I'm using reality to measure truth, a real God is automatically a part of it. By measuring a proposition against reality, both the believer of a real God and the non-believer of a real God still come to the same conclusion about its truth value. If God is real, reality remains the best truth maker. On the other hand, if God is not real, he is not part of reality. In this case, Measuring against reality will continue to provide true answers, but attempting to measure against a non-real God would lead one to non-real truths. So in the case where God is not real, reality is definitely the best standard for truth. The person who uses reality as their comparison for truth will always be correct, whether God exists or not. Completely contrary to the assertions of Eric and his friends, it is the person who chooses God as the standard who is the only one who could end up being wrong. Well, I hope, uh, I hope some of you are not that hardened yet where you're not interested in truth. I hope you desire truth. I hope everyone watching this desires truth and as such evaluates all propositions against the best and most reliable truth standard that is possible, God or no God, and that is reality, as adjudicated by predictive power. Case closed. Done deal. Without the one who knows everything telling us something, then we don't know anything. And the atheist readily admitted that they don't know anything. Uh, no, Eric you've moved on from truth to the concept of knowledge. And that's for a future video, Knowledge Without God. I'll link that here when it's ready, but if you're early, subscribe now so that you don't miss it, and check out this other Apologia video while you wait. Until next time, later.